Nation. Did you know you can schedule your real estate sit-down with the guys? At rondonsitdown.com. That's rondonsitdown.com. And you'll get a free camp mug that says I sat down with Ron Don. I have 13 of them. Maybe even the guys will take you camping with your new mug. Now back to the show. Hey you guys, what's going on? It's episode 317 now of the Ron and Don Show, and we are live from the Les Schwab Studio. What is up, Ron and Don Nation? Coming up on the Ron and Don Show, a lot of people say, hey, this vaccine doesn't work or it stops working. Some of that might be true. Let's talk about that. Also, uh, you okay? You all right? I turned my mic off. You're the only one I heard that. Oh, yeah. Anyway, uh, should doctors... Bees subscribing tomatoes and peppers and bananas versus opioids. I have an easy answer for that. Before we get to that, though, let's get to this. Seems like adults in America are really pissed off. Every time you turn on your TV set, someone is being bounced off a plane. You would think after 9-11, and I don't know if you think this way, but I do. And in fact, I I shared with you on 9-11, Flight 93 going into that Pennsylvania field. A lot of people don't understand. If it doesn't go into the Pennsylvania field, then it lands on Pennsylvania Avenue. Everyone aboard those flights on 9-11 were not ready for what happened. They just weren't. Flight crews weren't ready. The other passengers weren't ready. It took 93 to figure it out after talking to a woman named Lisa, seeing these other three planes going down, that this fourth plane is about to be used as a dirty bomb too. And so they figured it out. And they said, well, we're not going to be used as a tool of these terrorists, so we're going to take it down in this Pennsylvania field so it doesn't land on Pennsylvania Avenue. Now when you get on a plane, and I don't know about you, but I think this way. I look around. I am no hero. I am no hero. But when things have happened in my life before, I... I I jump in. I jump into the fight. I don't jump out. If I see someone attacking cops, I jump in. I don't jump out. And I've shared some of the stories of what happened before when I, when I did that. I got pepper sprayed by a cop that I was trying to help. Don't have time to go into that story again. But when I get on a plane, I do look around and I say to myself, I, I wonder who would partner with me. If somebody got crazy and tried to get in that cockpit, I wonder who would partner with me. If somebody got crazy and and decided that they were going to open up a door, I wonder who would partner with me. And and I'm amazed at the stories that we hear time and time again. It's almost daily where adults in America are getting pissed off. You've had to wear the mask from the time you were you've been in the airport, the time you went through security. The time that you sat in the airport and you boarded the plane, you've had to have the mask on. And then all of a sudden you decide when you get on the plane that you have rights that maybe nobody else has and you don't want to wear that mask. Why why didn't you challenge security when you were going through screening? Why didn't you challenge uh, before you even got to the gate? 
some of the other people that would have challenged you when you didn't have your mask on when you're walking through the airport? How come you wait until you get on the plane to go absolutely bonkers and crazy? We see this happening in restaurants. We see this happening in different businesses. Uh, we see people that are willing to march on Washington because they think the, the freedoms in America grant them the freedom to, to, to not wear a mask and share this virus with anybody that they want to. Ron, there's been some research done on this. Why are Americans so pissed off, so mad, and so reactive? And a lot of it has to do with this pandemic, I guess, right? Yeah, I don't know if it uh, counters research. It's more of a, a think piece uh, online. I'm, I'm curious if you agree with them. They're saying that th- this rise, not just in airplanes, but even at the, the, the story opens at a local grocery store where uh, one person who's wearing his mask, there's someone behind him with, that's not wearing the mask, and he asked the guy to move back six feet. And so the, the guy that was asked to move six back six feet instead step takes a giant step forward to be right next to the person requesting the six feet. And then an exchange happens, some F-bombs are thrown, uh, and the temperature or tempers rise uh, in the grocery store. And so I think we've all seen versions of this. Their theory online is that everybody's collective fuses are a lot shorter. That the fact that we... Um, went through this pandemic and at first there was a lot of compliance especially here in the pacific northwest people were like okay um you know the first thing was like this would go away in two weeks all right everybody's going to stay inside for two weeks we're going to buckle down we're going to hoard toilet paper uh we're going to we're going to see through this then it was like okay well now it's going to be two months now it's going to be six months now it's going to be a year and so as this has extended out everyone thought all right we've we've reached the end of the tunnel here there's light at the end of the tunnel. We've got this vaccine. People are getting the vaccine. It's 95% effective. That We're going to come through the summer, and here we go. We're going to enter school year. It's going to be back to a version of normal. Concerts are starting. People are going to football games. People are going to, you can go watch the Mariners. All this stuff was happening. And then, bam, the Delta variant threw it back uh, into reverse, and death rates are going up. Hospital beds can't be uh, acquired anymore for anything but COVID patients. And so that really just made people's ambient level of anxiety and frustration go through the roof. And a lot of people do what I do, uh, and maybe what you do sometimes, is you're really angry and frustrated at, at thing A, and then you're on hold with a customer service rep and you unload on them. Or someone makes a mistake in front of you driving and you absolutely unload uh, on that driver because what you're really frustrated about is the fact that you thought you're going to be able to do whatever it is you're going to do and you got kicked back. So that's their theory is that just as a society, everybody being forced to go back into a version of lockdown and put the masks back on have just had it and they're looking for easy prey to basically unload their anger and frustration on. Yeah. I think there's that. And then I also think there's just people are fearful and then there's a lot of misinformation and then there's just not a lot of great understanding about how science works. Cause I see people all the time go, Hey, you know what? Dr. Dr. Fauci lied to us about this virus. Dr. Fauci told us everything he knew about this virus a year ago. And now, because a lot of us didn't do, you, you think about it, we live in the United States of America where everyone can be vaccinated that wants to be vaccinated. 
29% of us refuse to get vaccinated. There's another 27% that have refused so far to get the second shot. And now we're moving towards this booster shot. We have kids out there that haven't get vaccinated. That's going to be a whole nother fight. And supposedly on September 30th, we'll be able to start vaccinating kids. Meanwhile, when you look around the world, especially in third world countries where they don't have vaccines and they're not vaccinated, uh, all tribes of people are being completely wiped out, completely wiped out. And when you look at, when you, when, when you come back to the United States, I think for a lot of us, because our freedom didn't cost us anything, it didn't. If you think about the war in Afghanistan, for instance, a lot of us don't care where we stay in Afghanistan, whether they're there or not. You talk to someone, though, you talk to one of the 800,000 soldiers, Marine, airmen, sailors that went to Afghanistan, or you talk to somebody that's part of those 2,500 families where we, where we lost a soldier, Marine, airman, sailor over there in Afghanistan. They have lots of feelings about that, and they have lots of thought. And they have lots of insight because it cost them something. World War II, we had half the population. You had a much bigger army, a much bigger death toll. And as Ron brought up, I think it was episode 315, you had people around the country. Everybody would have to turn their lights off at night in unison. People were building victory gardens. 70% of the people that walked into factories that were building B-29 bombers were women older children, and African-Americans in this country. So it, it cost us all something. We were in it together. There was a feeling of solidarity, right? When 9-11 happened, we felt like it all happened to us. It cost us something. And now I think what has happened is we no longer count the cost. I think as a society, we have gotten very selfish there's, you see a lot of nationalism. Everything is very Americanized. I had a guy reach out to me the other day, and he was telling me something about the vaccine. He's going to set me straight. He was 37 years. He's a volunteer fire chief. I asked him if he's an EMT or a medic or a nurse. He wasn't, but he was going to set me straight on the vaccine. And then at the end of this, and he said, you know, because you love those Mexicans down there uh, so much, why don't you force vaccination on them? I wrote him back. I used the F-bomb, which I don't, don't, don't normally do. And I said, you know what? You're one of these guys that probably calls yourself a Christian. And I will guarantee you this. If you're lucky to stand before God or the gates or whatever it is you stand before, whether Peter's there or not, I have no clue. When, when, when you pull out your American flag and your ID and you go, I'm an American, uh, God doesn't give a huh. Because we're all God's children. And we have to decide once again if we are our brother's keeper. And I think that we are. I think we are our brother's keeper. At least I like to feel like I am my brother's keeper. And we have to figure out what the cost is. And when you can count the cost of something, you have great appreciation. You walk into my, and I'll end this here. If you walk into my son's room, he has some Legos that are in his room. You walk around the house. And these Legos are on display all over the house. We go downstairs by the TV. Uh, we have little nooks and crannies. They're displayed all over the place and in his room. There's the things that he is the most proud of. Number one, because when we buy a Lego set, he has to pay for half of it. Number two, when we buy a Lego set, he has to build it within a certain amount of time. So he he has the boxes and he has those next to the... So 
he has a robot in his room that I gave him for Christmas. Santa Claus might have been part of this. I don't remember. He hasn't touched that robot since I gave it to him for Christmas. Didn't cost him anything. It's a piece of plastic that dad or Santa Claus or someone gave him. Didn't cost him anything. These Legos cost him something. He's in it, right? And so he values that. And somewhere along the way, as Americans, we feel like we have all these rights. We're better than everyone else. It's sickening to me, all this nationalism uh, that I see sometimes. And, and we have to understand, when it comes to this pandemic, if I take the shot and I'm wrong, I'm okay with that. And the reason I'm okay with that is because I'm making the very best decision I can for my family, my friends, and the strangers around me. And right now, right now, 96% of all the doctors in this country who say we love and trust, they have a, they, they have a better education about this than I do. 96% of them said that we should get this vaccine and they've been vaccinated. So I'm on board with that. I am. I just wish, I wish there was more buy-in here and I wish we loved each other a little bit more because we don't, man. And we have really allowed some politicians through divisiveness uh, for us to, in a lot of ways, begin to hate each other. And we're divided from one another. And that's how you get elected into office is by creating division. And uh, that's what we see in this country today. So anyway, I think that's why we're pissed off because we stopped counting the cost. We will see you on the other side of this. Hey, you guys, what's going on? It's uh, Ron and Don here for Les Schwab. Yeah, we are live from the Les Schwab studios. They've sponsored the show now for over a decade. And we are so appreciative of them. Now, don't forget, they have 85 locations in western Washington to serve you. And a lot of times, even if you bought tires from the other guy, let's say they have a flat and you pull in, they go ahead and they fix it and they send you on your way because they want you and your family as we head into the fall months. They want you guys to be happy, safe, and at some point, they hope you'll be lifetime customers. And don't forget it, Les Schwab. It's just not about tires and wheels. They do so much more, right, Ron? Yeah, they do steering, suspension, batteries, and brakes to add to the safety of your outings. Plus, maintaining those parts can help your tires last longer and your vehicle run better, improving your miles per gallon. Les Schwab is here for you. Just stop by and ask for your free pre-trip safety check, or you can schedule one online right now at lesschwab.com slash Don. That's Les Schwab. They've been doing the right thing since 1952. Life comes at you fast. If it's time to downsize, upsize, or right-size your home, it all starts with a Ron and Don sit-down. Hi, I'm Kim Webb. Hi, I'm Kendall Webb. I'm actually from Colorado. We had always hoped that someday we would be able to move here. And when COVID hit, he was able to request to work remotely permanently. We found a house that we absolutely fell in love with. And so what that created was a situation where, shoot, we're not prepared to sell the house in Duval, but we're going to have to do that quick. We did the Ron and Don sit down. Ron stepped right in, sent us all the comp information. Don sent us a list of all the things that we needed to begin to consider. Don, he was all over my property. Uh, helping me uh, get the the landscaping pulled together, um, making sure that it was going to show well. We ended up placing it on the market where we felt we would be happy uh, if we got that number. And as it turned out on offer review day, we had five offers that were well over 
our expectations. We were absolutely ecstatic. The sale price was 55K over ask, and that just blew us away. They negotiated the absolute best price we could have gotten for that home. We are so grateful and so happy and so pleased. When you're ready to sit down and strategize about your real estate journey, schedule your time with the guys at ronanddonsitdown.com. Ron and Don have a unique ability to get mass exposure at your home. And they're also very loud and annoying. When you're ready to talk about your real estate journey with the guys, just go to ronandonsitdown.com. All right, you guys, welcome back to the Ron and Don Show. And you just heard from some of our great clients. Don't forget, if you want to sit down with us, ronandonsitdown.com. And before you go out, it is important to get under it. So you know what kind of leverage you have. Uh, and there's a great way to do that if you switch to Mitch, right? Yeah, go to Mitch.loans. Right now, you have refi or a new purchase. You can save half a percent just for being in the Ronadon Nation. That's an average savings of $3,000. Yeah. Hey, uh, I, and I know we talked about vaccines a little bit. And I think I think that this is important. Uh, in this second segment, I kind of want to address the fact that a lot of people are saying, well, now we got to go out and get this booster shot. And we're trying to figure out, do we need the booster? We don't need the booster. And I... Uh, <laughs> And I see that sometimes this has created a lot of confusion. And a lot of people say, well, you know, you go back to smallpox. I got inoculated when I was a baby, and I haven't had to take a booster shot since then. So what's up with that? I don't have smallpox. And I think sometimes what people don't understand, when you, when you look at smallpox, smallpox is around for hundreds of years, and smallpox is a virus that didn't live in your upper and lower respiratory system uh, like COVID-19 does. And it also, it was a virus that never mutated. So in those 203 years, it was a virus that didn't mutate. This virus already, just in the last couple of years, has already mutated eight times. And one of the reasons why I don't have time for state troopers suing the governor because they don't want to take the shot or you have workers out there that want to sue everybody and they want this to go through the court system because all you're doing as we're slowing vaccinations down is you're giving this virus the opportunity to go out and create another variant this virus is very different than smallpox and people say well what about a tetanus shot tetanus there is a variant. There are variants of tetanus. And that's why you have to get a booster about every 10 years. People have to understand all viruses aren't the same. And this virus, that's why this virus is so damn deadly. And I hope people understand this. I'm a 54-year-old man. And at the rate of vaccination right now in this country and around the world, my son will be sitting here when he's 54 and he will still have a damn mask on because of this virus. Think about the flu virus. The flu virus, they're sitting there and they're trying to guess the way that the flu is going to mutate. And it does every six to 12 months. That's why you have to get a flu shot every year. So shut the heart up when it comes to, oh, this vaccine doesn't work because I have to go get a booster. It works. You have to understand viruses are not i have a virus in my left eye it's what caused me to go blind in my left eye i take medication every morning for the rest of my life because of this virus 
that sits in my eye. Viruses don't go anywhere. This is not a bacteria. If it was, we could kill it. It's a virus. This virus will be with us forever, and we're just trying to figure out a way that we can manage it so we can get back to our regular lives. I'm curious. Do you think this is a like a high school biology problem? Is this a willful ignorance problem? Is it brainwashing? Because yes. all of us, all of yes, us. Yes, 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 yes. So, yes. okay. Because I think about this a lot. It's like, okay, did nobody pay attention to like, you know, when we when in high school, he's like, okay, we're going to make a hypothesis. We're going to test it. And, you know, in our class is like, you cut the potato in half, you put the toothpicks in there, you put it over a deal and like, you see what's going to happen. Or we cut the frog apart and you had, you went through the scientific method and you tested an experiment out. And like, you did that when you're 15 years old. And so I guess either it clicked or it didn't, where it was like, okay, this is how it works. And then when you learn something new, you make a new hypothesis. And then when you, you test out a bunch of times and then you can make a new, like, I, I don't understand the disconnect uh, on this. If it's a, like, if it's a school situation, if people are just stupid, if they like what the appeal is, what is the appeal to being stupid? And the lack of curiosity. I mean, there's, there's just a plain lack of curiosity about the truth. And I want everyone to know the truth is not black and white. It's just not. The truth lies somewhere in those fields of gray, as Bruce uh, Hornsby sang about. That's where the truth lies. And I think sometimes it's been so indoctrinated in us. I know it wasn't me because I grew up in the Catholic Church and then the evangelical church. Everything is black and white. What's amazing is all those churches that I was in, and some of those churches I worked in, some of those churches were super churches that had 14, 15, 16,000 people in them. Guess what? All those churches, there's nine of them that I was a part of, have all been blown apart. All those pastors are gone. Most of those pastors cheated. Most of those pastors that stood in the pulpit couldn't live up to what they were telling people to do and how the way they were going to live their lives. So there's this black and white thing, and a lot of it comes from religion. A lot of it comes from heaven and hell. You have to have a protagonist and an antagonist. And somehow we've taken Dr. Fauci, and we made him the antagonist. And that seems to work for politicians out there. And really, when you look at Donald Trump and the way that he tagged him and labeled him and started talking in real stupid eighth grade language, it connected with a lot of stupid eighth grade minds out there. And I'm pissed off and I'm mad. And you've never heard me talk like this, but pick up a damn book and introduce yourself to science, to viruses, to bacteria, read a book. I did. It's 600 pages. It's just called 1918. And it's about the 1918 flu. You want to call it the Spanish flu? The 1918 Spanish flu. Everything that is happening right now happened in 1918. It's a great education. I encourage you, instead of listening to politicians and infotainers tell you, and even me, I shouldn't be telling you what to think. Read the book, 1918. It's amazing. And I will tell you this. I actually lost a friend today. I lost a friend. I had someone reach out to me about something that I had written on Facebook because I'm taking a firmer stand. I think you have to take a firmer stand. I don't think you can be in neutral on this. I think we have to take a firmer stand, especially for our kids and for their futures. And it was interesting because she came at me 
And I had written something that I spent hours uh, thinking about what I was going to write. And before I published it, I probably sat on it for about two weeks. I write a lot and I read a lot. And so I put this out on my Facebook page and she attacked it. And the way that she attacked it was by taking clips of someone like Dan Borgionio and taking clips of other politicians and taking clips of what other people have said. My cousin Jimmy does this to me a lot. He doesn't send me any of his original thoughts. He sends me shiznit that other people have said. And it's like, do you want to have a conversation with me about a book maybe that you've read? Because I'm open and I'm curious why you think the way you think, but you think the way you think because a politician told you to think that way or someone in the clergy told you to think that way or some douchebag on the radio told you to think that way. I had someone tell me the other day, and it was a stone-cold fact because they had heard Dory Monson say something on the radio, and he said, well, you, you, he's, he's saying that Dory Monson said that, that, that you shouldn't get vaccinated. That's weird because Dory's a friend of mine, and Dory was vaccinated a long time ago. So I have no idea what this guy's talking about. And, and it, it drives me absolutely crazy, and it drives me mad, and it pisses me off. And so she came at me, and she, she goes, you know what? The reason you don't think straight is because you're an alcoholic and you must be drinking again. And I'm like, and this is a person I climb Rainier with. And I'm like, you're going to take something that I have shared publicly, this journey that I've been on, the struggles that I've had, and instead of having a conversation with me about viewing this virus and this vaccine and being a dad with an unvaccinated son, she doesn't have any children, So I'm very, very concerned about this. And instead of having a conversation, you're going to throw a bunch of quotes, send me a bunch of videos of shiznit that other people have said, and then you're going to attack me personally about a struggle that I've had in my lifetime. And I just said, you know what? This friendship has ended. Uh, And I expect in the coming months, I'm probably going to do that a little bit more. I'll give you the final say. I don't have anything to add to that. Like, that's sad that someone is that small-minded. Yeah. See you on the other side of this. I'm going to get a beer. Hey, Ron and Don Nation. This is Mitch Weeks with Home Seed Loans. At Home Seed Loans, our mission is to make the mortgage process cheap and stress-free. And guess what? We've got a deal for all Ron and Don Nation listeners. Our partnership means that listeners will save half a percent on the closing of your loan. That's an average of $3,000 saved when you switch to Mitch. Wow. That's a lot, Ron, isn't it? You should switch to Mitch. I just switched to Mitch. I went to Mitch.loans, and I started the loan process just like you can. That's Mitch.loans. Save a half a percent today, just like I'm doing. The Weeks team, NMLS 1691573. Hi, this is Therese, the new buyer specialist for all of you in the Ron and Don Nation. If you're going to win a house in such a competitive market, you better have a good strategist. And that's what I specialize in. When you're ready to sit down with us, go to ronanddonsitdown.com. And now back to the show. All right, you guys, welcome back to Ron and Don Show, episode 317. Don't forget, and I don't know if we launched it yet, but uh, 
We have a brand new website that is even more brand new. It's uh, ronadonsitdown.com. Yeah, uh, you can go out there and check it out. I think we should be launching it uh, any any second now uh, with updated. But the cool thing I like about it is we've got all the properties that we've done uh, for people in the Ronadon Nation for you to see all the listings and things that we sold for, for folks. And I think it's it's interesting now to look at just how many transactions we've done, the neighborhoods we've done them in. And uh, you also get... Uh, just the free guides are out there. The playbooks are out there. You can book a sit down out there. Um, it, it's going to be great. Yeah. And all the radio stuff too. Yeah. Rondonsitdown.com and uh, we'll book a sit down today. And don't be afraid to get one of our books. We've written these personally just for you. If you think about buying or selling, even if it's months down the road, get one of these guys, these books, and it answers questions like, what is a, what does a real estate agent get paid? And why do they get paid that? And where does all that money go anyway? How many people are going to be involved in my transaction? What's an escrow officer and what do they do? And why shouldn't I go to a big bank versus going to a mortgage lender? Why would you go to a mortgage lender? Also, when I'm buying a house, do you buy Fidelity insurance with that? Is that a ripoff? How much money should you spend on a house if you're actually getting ready to sell it? Can a bank actually finance a house if you're buying a house that has a bad foundation or a bad roof? And let's say a house needs $100,000 worth of work on it. Is it something that I can work into the loan? Well, if you switch to Mitch, you'll find out. Go to Mitch. What is it? Mitch? Mitch.loans. Mitch.loans. Just go to Mitch.loans today and uh, he can help you out with that. And again, our website is ronadonsitdown.com. Tomorrow, I'm going to the doctor. Got to have to get a little procedure done. It's interesting when I went to see my doctor a couple of years ago, uh, I I had an issue with hypertension, and and some of that had to do with what I was just talking about. Some some of my drinking when I get stressed out, I don't consider myself an alcoholic, but I do consider myself somebody that's that has numbed the pain and has a hard time. It's had a hard time and do a lot of work about being present today and present with the people around me that I love and care about. And I used to numb that the way that my father did, my grandfather did. It was modeled for me. And I just decided somewhere along the way, I need, I, I need to break that. I need to break that because I don't want that. I don't want to be the model of that for my son. When I went in to see my doctor, it was very interesting because he prescribed all these different types of medication. I said, what if I don't want to take this medication? He goes, well, you're going to have to take this medication for the rest of your life. And I said, well, I don't want to take this medication for the rest of my life. What I need to do? And so he said, well, these are the things that you need to do. And so he's prescribed things that weren't, it wasn't medication. He said, you're going to take the medication in the meantime, but here's some of the things you need to do concerning exercise. Here's some things you need to do concerning your body mass index. Here's some things you need to do as far as food, as far as mental health. And so uh, I said, I'll see you in a year. I'm going to go work on these things and I'll see you in a year. I went back to see him in a year. He took my blood pressure because when I had gone in there, my blood pressure at one point was like 212 over 120. It was crazy. So he went in there and he's like, uh, 110 over 70. He goes, that's amazing. He goes, that medication is really working. I said, I haven't, I haven't. I haven't taken that medication in six months. He goes, what did you do? I said, I did everything you told me to do. And I took that medication and I threw it away. He said, you know what? You're part of the 1%. Because everyone that comes to see me, that's hypertension, heart pro, whatever that is, he goes, 99% of them have to stay on that medication for the rest of your life. 
He said, congratulations to you. And my son makes fun of me a lot when he looks at my diet, especially all the salad that I eat and all the water I drink. But there's an article out today that was talking about what if doctors, what if doctors, instead of prescribing all the opioids and all the pain medication uh, and all the Ambien uh, and all the different types of products that are out there, when we feel anxiety, uh, I know so many people that had drinking issues, and then what they did is they went to their doctor and they stopped drinking, but now they have five different types of medication that they take for five different types of feelings they have. So when they can't go to sleep, uh, they take an Ambien, uh, or they take something else, uh, and I don't know the names of all the medications, but I know a lot of people that, it's, it's like, yeah, I don't drink anymore, but now I'm a chain smoker. And I have these different medications that my doctor gave to me. And it must be okay because my doctor gave me these medications. And, and, and the question is this. What would happen if doctors, instead of prescribing all this medication, what if they started prescribing salads? And what if they started prescribing carrots? And what if they started prescribing tomatoes? They probably wouldn't get the big kickback that they get from the drug manufacturers out there. Maybe they could get a kickback from the farmers. I don't know. But it would be interesting to see what would happen to the obesity rate, especially here in America, with two-thirds of adults out there are considered obese. It's interesting, as we talked today about the vaccination, as we talked about our health, as we talked about the future of our children, uh, the thing that we haven't really talked about is just the whole consumption of all the processed food that we eat each and every day and all the medications that we take. There's a worldwide shortage of doctors. There's certainly a nationwide shortage of doctors. And a doctor will tell you when you go to sit down with them, they got about five minutes for you. They don't have the hour to go over and, 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 and sit there. My doctor will take an hour with me. We have the same doctor, and you know that. He will sit down with you for an hour, an hour and a half. He doesn't take on any patients because he wants to make sure that he has enough time for the patients that he has. And I think that right there is a beautiful thing. What say you? Would you go see a doctor that uh, prescribe a bunch of uh, tomatoes? Well, of course I would. I think the, the thing, though, that you sort of left out of the article that we read is they're doing pilot programs with this specifically – uh, in communities that are food deserts. And so, and they deliver it. If you've ever had one of those farm boxes, uh, I did that for a while when I lived out in, in Auburn and Maple Valley is, uh, patients are getting a delivery to their door and they open it up and it will be fresh produce because in their particular neighborhood, there's not a PCC, there's not a Whole Foods, there's not a Trader Joe's, but there's 19 liquor stores and uh, 19 convenience stores that have a bunch of processed food. So, and, and they're seeing results from that. So yeah, I agree with you. Like we are, the medical infrastructure in America is built on treating the symptoms uh, and not treating the underlying causes of those symptoms and we are a pill-based society. We want there to be a magic pill. We want there to be a prescription that will handle our problems so that we don't have to take responsibility for it. But you're absolutely right. If we, if we really changed our mindset into going, okay, there's a, there's a way to do this that doesn't involve pharmaceuticals, maybe, maybe I should do that. Yeah. Uh, and it, it reminds me of this, I don't know if you heard this, the joke from Chris Rock, where he, uh, him and his wife are at their child's basketball game, their daughter, and the daughter can't get into the, the, she's on the bench. 
and his the wife looks to Chris Rock and is like, "Go, go talk to that coach. Like, tell him to put our daughter in." And he looks at his wife. And he's like, "There's a way to get in the game. There, there, there's a there's a reason why the five stars are the five starters. There's a way to be healthy that doesn't necessarily involve uh, 19 different prescriptions, but it, it is more difficult. It's definitely more difficult than." popping open a jar and putting a pill in your mouth. Yeah. Hey, you guys, thanks for uh, stopping by the Ron and Don show and listening today. We really appreciate that. He's Ron and I'm Don, by the way. I always like to introduce ourselves at the end of the show. <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway. Hey, uh, if you want those buyers or sellers playbooks, we want to load you up or you think a friend might need that. It's an ebook. They're 26 pages and they're pretty easy to read. You can sit down, have a cup of coffee in the morning. In fact, we'll send you a Ron and Don coffee mug and uh, you can bang that thing out probably in about... Uh, 20, 30 minutes, jot some notes. And then that way when we have our sit down together, because you went to run it on sitdown.com and you book that sit down, we can sit down today. Also really excited about the new website. You'll be able to see a lot of the properties and we have sold everything from farms and farmhouses this year to really do cool condos in downtown Seattle and places like, uh, places like Ballard. And what's happening a lot now, a lot. In fact, this just happened in Everett where we sold Byron and Gretchen's house. The next door neighbor went, you guys did such an incredible job in selling their house and selling it way over and preparing the house to bring it to market. That's when Glenda said, the next door neighbor, can you sell my house too? And we just sold it. So for my friend, Coach Paul, lives down in Renton, him and his lovely wife. They have a great home down there. We spent a lot of time to bring it to market. We got maximum value. And guess what? The, not, the next door neighbor uh, just came over and said, hey, you did a great job in bringing their house to market. Can you bring my house to market too? And even here on 12th Avenue West here in Seattle. Yeah, same thing happened where people saw the house that created and they said, hey, could you come over and work on my house too? So that happens a lot in neighborhoods all throughout the great specific Northwest. Runandonsitdown.com if you want to sit down with us today. Again, he's Ron. I'm Don. Keep your head up, shoulders back, and we'll see you next time for episode 318 from the Les Schwab Studios. All right! Ron and Don Radio Network. Now keep your head up and your shoulders back and keep blowing that trumpet and we'll see you next time. Only! 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 On the Ron and Don Radio Network. <laughs>